0: welcome to another episode of Yoruba by podcast. My name is Tim So this episode is coming a little later than than I planned, but it is here. And this topic is also very different. Usually I'm talking about historical people or monuments or uh, practices that are at least 100 years old. Um, but this is slightly different. This is actually occurring right now. It just unfolded in, in the past month. And it is not a turning point in Yoruba history. It really isn't. But it is a notable moment. And this one is called Sunday Igbo and Herdsman Terrace. <laughs> For those who are not uh, Nigerians or who, who don't follow Nigerian news, over the past month, a man called Sunday Igbo, real name is Sunday Adeyemo, born 1972, emerged as a self-styled defender of the defenseless and the Yoruba nation in January 2021. Uh, the car salesman slash political security operative of Igbo town in Oyo state, which is where he's from. Uh, January this year, demanded that the cattle herders from the northern parts of Nigeria, popularly known as the Fulani herdsmen, leave the southwestern part of Nigeria. Southwestern part of Nigeria are the states that have um, the Yoruba people in them. So the herders are of Fulani ethnicity. They are historically nomads who walk hundreds of kilometers, stopping at different places for their animals to graze. Very often, the open grazing encroaches on farmlands of the communities they pass through, with the animals trampling on the crops or eating them and destroying the potential yield. So for two decades now, there are well-documented instances of havoc um, the herders have caused. The herders are always armed as well with machetes and and guns. And initially it was to protect their cattle because they're usually worth millions of naira and thousands of dollars. But the herders started turning the weapons on the communities they came across. And eventually they just started to attack the whole community where they engage in kidnapping people and demanding ransoms. The most notable of those farmers would be the presidential election candidate from 1999, Olu Falaye. He was kidnapped on his farm, kept for days at an unknown location in the mid-2000s. In the years following that incident, there have been so many stories. And what the, this latest government in their first term, what they decided to do was that they brought up a bill to say that each state would provide land for a ranch but it was rejected by all of the governors in the southern states. Their logic is because Nigeria is a deeply divided nation. You are your ethnic group first and then Nigeria second. Like I mentioned before, the herders are from one ethnic group. What the bill looked like on the face of it was that other parts of the nation were supposed to give land to businesses owned by people by one ethnic group. You're essentially giving your land away to somebody else for nothing. So they all rejected it, but the result in, is that in all of the Yoruba uh, states, open grazing was banned. That happened in twenty nineteen. So what has sparked the latest opera and um, catapulted Mr. Sunday grew to the limelight was the killing of a man, uh, Fatay Aborodi, a doctor living in Germany. Allegedly, he and maybe his family had operated a farm employing 300 people in Ibarakba, in Oyo State. So the herders went on the farm, destroyed their crops. The doctor then went on to report this to the Seriki Fulani. Seriki Fulani is the community leader of the Fulanis in any area. Apparently, when he got there, he was kidnapped and a ransom was demanded by who? Everyone alleges, the herdsmen. It was alleged that he was brutally killed and the alaja who brought the ransom was also killed. No arrests have been made since they occurred in December 2020. So, enter Sunday Igbo. outrage. just like everyone who heard the story, Sunday alleges that the people of Ibarapa uh, reached out to him to help and then he gave a seven-day ultimatum to all of the Fulanese to leave the area. In some interviews, it sounded like he was asking the Fulani herdsmen kidnappers to leave, but initially it was, the Fulani's need to get out. So this made the news, and the reactions of Nigerians were pretty much divided along ethnic lines. Uh, Yorubas most, were mostly expressing gratitude that, that someone was finally standing up for them. So following the, the support, um, Sunday Igbo held a rally. And within a day of holding that rally, homes belonging to Fulani's, including the Seriki Fulani, were burnt. And for a lot of those people, they've been part of the community, of the local community for years. But it didn't matter because once you start to look at things from ethnic lines like that, nobody cares that I know this person and they're my neighbor. And then the stories took a turn. So a day after, I think the 24th of January, the Inspector General of Police of Nigeria ordered the arrest of Mr. Sunday igbo And then two days after that, uh, 26th of January, the home of Sunday himself was razed to the ground, burnt by unknown arsonist. He accused some people from another part of the town and the herdsmen or the Fulani's for causing that because he got so much traction. He held another rally in Yewa in Ogun State to evict <laughs> the, the Fulani Kedapa herdsmen there as well. There was a large crowd that also gathered there and clearly supported him. He alleges that the traditional rulers had collected money and gave some of these people titles, also gave them land for their businesses. To the reaction of some notable Nigerians, um, he got a reaction from the above Ife who was invited or went to see the Nigerian president. And after the meeting, he, he, he called for calm and didn't say much. He, I think he's t- he tends to be very diplomatic. And then there was also a response from Woleh Shoinka, while not supporting his actions, echoed the sentiments of Mr. Sunday Iqbohu and said to, in an interview he gave the BBC, Um, He said the war is on our doorstep and said the lack of leadership centrally caused these type of mobilization. And if we keep waiting for this to be handled centrally, we are all going to become if we're not already slaves in our land. Uh, Not yet. (laughs) But I I agree with what he's saying in that we're losing our forests and we're losing our farmlands to just wanton criminality and there's just nothing being done about it. Is Mr. Sunday Adeyamo the protagonist of this story? I don't know. I I did read a bit about him, and I ran through some of the interviews that he gave. Um, apparently, during the intra-community disputes of Ifeanyi it's a long-drawn crisis that originated from some uh, decisions made a hundred years ago. But Sunday actually admitted in an interview to killing people the way. Mr. de Ibuho says it, he saw himself as a peacemaker bringing the different factions together. He also says that he was trying to prevent the people of Modakake from losing the land that they had lived on for 100 years. He was simply defending his land and that of his father. There are many tales of ex- exploits during that crisis. There is even a fable tale that um, he was so strong, fortified with traditional... Powers that the bullets couldn't pierce his, his body. I'll just leave that there. He also denounced all, the, all of the violent young men that, that follow him. So, there have been many things said about him so that he's a security operative for politicians, that he's an Omonile who are mostly land grabbers. But what he's doing is incredibly brave. He is putting his life on the line. He has already lost his property and as early as 26th of February, the Nigerian government sent security operatives to arrest him, but that was foiled by his followers and people from his community. But here's what I think. The Nigerian constitution allows free movement. People can live wherever they want, so Sunday cannot decide to expel a group of people from the region. Having said all of that, Nigeria is a failed state. The kidnappers operate because Nigeria is lawless. And the reaction of the Yoruba leadership and governors left a lot to be desired. Even the of effect could not prefer a solution. The politicians are kleptomaniacs with no ideas and no vision on how to propel the people to success. I think the focus of the region should be to become self-sufficient. So creating business funds for Yoruba indigens, provide lands to start ranches to raise their own animals and feed the region. Asking people providing your meat source to leave without creating any substitution is dangerous. Without leadership and innovative thinking, potentially volatile situations like this will continue to happen. That would be all for today. Thank you to everyone for listening. This episode was written, researched, and produced by me, Timilola. Thank you. Bye-bye. <music>